Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Trash Talk. I'm Nate Trash, and I'm joined by very special guests today. This is Sean and Gwyn from Frail, and we played with them uh, opening for Cradle of Filth back in May, and they are just some of the greatest people out there. A very amazing band to witness, and uh, great people to talk to in between bands as well. So, uh Let's run through these sponsors, and then we'll get right into it. Now, as always, we're partnered with Kirsters Apparel and Print, as well as Apply Within Audio in Lethbridge. Sponsored by Kirster, or sponsored by Octave Studios, Medicine Hat, Intrinsic Productions, Edmonton, Armstrong Metal Fest, Loud as Hell Festival, Decimate Metal Fest, Intersect Arts and Music Festival, Camp Misfit Clothing, and Mountain Bistro and Pizzeria, Bragg Creek. So, let's not keep anybody waiting any longer. Let's get right into this. Boiled fish. Boiled carrot. Just playing the intro again. Hey, I'm Nate Trash. Welcome back to another episode of Trash Talk. All right. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Sean and Gwyn. How are you both doing today? Hey, great. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's been a a weird up and down week in old Nate Trash's world, but that's just life. You know, you just take it the way it comes, right? So how how's the new release going so far for Skin and Sorrow? Well, it seems like the response has been pretty good. I mean, we've, we've seen a bunch of reviews. Most of them we can read. Some we can't because they're in languages that we don't understand. But it seems like people have been pretty into it. And, you know, it seems like certain songs are starting to get mentioned more. Um, so there's, like, you know, new songs that are people's favorites, which is really cool. And sometimes it's unexpected ones. Nice. Yeah, it's been interesting. We have cats that are just going crazy right now, so if you hear glass crashing or something like that, you, you'll understand why. <laughs> That's okay. My cat's docile right now because we have a basket of laundry that he can lay in. Oh. Of course, of course. As soon as that disappears, though, he is gone. <laughs> uh, so right after the Cradle of Filth tour, you guys went off to Europe. How was that? Actually, we go to Europe next month. Next month? Yeah, Are you excited? Yeah, we kind of took the summer off. Yeah, we're super excited. I mean, Europe's always a great time. And, um, you know, we, we're going to some new countries. We haven't been to UK before. We haven't been to Denmark or Sweden. Um, but then we're going back to Netherlands and Germany and Belgium, which we've been to several times. Very exciting. Yeah, Europe's always very cool. The people there always treat us really well. And, and uh, we just love getting back as often as we can. Um, my friend Lee here, he's a big fan of you guys. Uh, you've become one of his new favorite bands. He has a question for Gwyn and wants to know where you get the influence for your stage outfits and your jewelry. Oh, um, I think the influence comes, gosh, from everywhere, like horror movies mostly. Um, but you know, it's just kind of everything. You just take it all in and then you digest it and you shit it out into something that you wear. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, 
I'm insanely, insanely impressed with the jewelry and stuff. Now, you have a company that makes that jewelry, don't you? Do you make that handmade yourself? Um, a lot of the jewelry I make myself. We just started selling jewelry as frail, so it's a little bit more simple, um, but af- like affordable. You could pick it up, you know, just like along with some of the merch, like 25 bucks or something like that. So, um, What a great <laughs> idea for merch. That's so awesome. Yeah. She she left out the fact that all of her everything she wears on stage she makes herself. Not so. everything, not everything. Don't say that. Eighty percent. She doesn't make the in ear <laughs> monitors. It's not like she makes in ear yeah. monitors. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, Nate. <laughs> um, but uh, no, like we have a, a an apparel factory. Like the the basement of our house is like I think there's six seven industrial sewing machines and walls of fabric. Most of it black, and that's where Gwen spends a lot of time. And so there was a point where she was making a brand new dress for every single show i mean obviously like cradle tour we didn't do that but when there's shows that are more spread out she's she's usually making everything herself yeah that's amazing i huge respect for that diy stuff that's so awesome especially to to see that diy mentality applied on a larger scale and on a larger stage you know that's uh, that's really inspiring i really like that um now sean your vests don't you have an apparel? Didn't you have an apparel company as well? Well, yeah, we do. I mean, we own the same one. So what we do for a living is we design apparel patterns and tech packs and all the technical stuff for other brands. Oh. Um, and my main client is for their firefighters. So I design and, and help manufacture all the stuff that firefighters wear in a burning building. So um, nothing really fashiony anymore. I, I get a lot more out of you know helping people save lives um, right now. Um, and then uh, Gwen's got her own brand, Heretics Union, that's more spooky and, and cool. Very awesome. I got to say, that is like, that's the dream. That's the dream, to be living off your art in so many different ways that uh, that you're totally sufficient from it. And you can yeah, share that I with mean, us. That's what we do. Like, it doesn't really feel like we work. I mean, I, I really like what I do, and I think Gwen does too. Yeah. Um, we're, I think we're about to uh, really up the game when it comes to frail merch. Like, we're going to start making a lot of uh, more small batch stuff ourselves, and it's available Limited to the public. So, yeah. yeah, instead of Gwen just wearing all the time, we're making, like, hoodies and these weird chore coats and oversized Darth Vader clothing that is, like, limited size runs. and oh. it's, But it's, like, slightly branded frail, and we're going to um, have a new web store probably right right before the holidays like right when we get back from europe we're hopefully gonna get that going um so that's the the plan i mean there's some bands that i think do a really good job with merch like behemoth is fucking great Amazing. at it yeah so wanna, why not do that i mean we have this the ability to so why the fuck not totally that's the that's the way you got to do it nowadays music is you have to give away your music for very very close to free now if you want to get a fan base started up Obviously, there's the physical. Obviously, there's the music sales. But in the end, you got to pump that stuff out to the masses and then hopefully bring them into the other things that you have to offer. And that that news, those new merch items, like, obviously, you're not going to go this way, but I've heard comic books are starting to come up uh, as merch well, items and stuff. I mean, we have 130-page books. Ah, see, a coffee table book with the photographs in it. Yeah. That's so <laughs> rad. But- we do our label in the U.S. does this. This is actually kind of crazy. Oh yeah! Um, but this is one of the books you can get with like the new release, and we have a book for the last release too. But we're already there, Nate. Well. Yes, 
Yes, that's so awesome. You, you, you guys are. Oh, that's so rad. I love it. That's that's also so like so niche, you know, and it fits so well with the image that you have. Love this like old fashioned like sepia tone like early photography style, right? It kind of fits with that. You almost imagine uh, Gwyn standing there for like 45 minutes to get a picture taken, you know? <laughs> and oh, it's, it's really wicked to see. Um, now, you're also sponsored by Orange Amps, Sean. Are you not? Yeah, yeah we're endorsed by Orange, yeah. And that fits very well. It seems like this whole thing was a perfect storm that came together. Um, Orange released a line of pedals. Are you going to be banging out any of those? So I have one of their uh, their EQ pedals that I think is really, really good. Like, Orange is all about mid-range, and so they have this EQ pedal, pedal called, uh, I'm blanking, I can't remember. Anyways, it's like $110 pedal, and it, it's really super powerful in the mids. Um, the new stuff that came out with them, I'm kind of into it, but I'm so specific on the pedals that I choose because we're in drop B, and it has to be super heavy and blah, blah, blah. So there's only like two or three dirt pedals that I actually like, and they're both made especially for me, like, cause I, I need super low end. Um, and the phasery stuff, like I already have that covered. So, um, I mean, I'd be interested to hear them, but like the, their EQ pedal fits into what we do just cause it's so powerful in the mids, but, um, the new stuff, like, I, I don't know how I'd work it in. Plus I'm not allowed to have any more pedals. <laughs> <laughs> One trailer for Sean's pedals is already enough. We already got it. We, we already got a tow trailer for Jason's dreadlocks. Okay, <laughs> his uh, his dreads are the second most popular person in Braille. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when uh, we were outside of the palace talking, and he was like, "I honestly should charge these guys an extra fee for cleaning their stage for them." <laughs> yeah, his uh, his hair sweeps the floor of every major city yeah. that we go to. So, really. The ends of Jason's hair are peeping and pooping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hashtag peepee poopoo for the win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, his hair is awesome, man. Like he looks so cool, like compared to me. Like when you see photos and it's just like, you know, uh, twenty-three-year-old predator dreads. He, he just look, instantly looks cool, and then there's like. Got a trucker hat. But. Right? <laughs> That's why he's the second. His what? hair is the second. You bend your whole guitar, Sean. Yeah. That's, That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's only for like a song. That, like, that was awesome. I was like, oh, man. Fucking. I appreciate that you picked up on that because I was worried that no one would hear the damage that I'm doing to my guitar, but I'm glad that you did. Uh, th That's the kind of stuff that gets me super, super stoked about performance stuff and and being in a band and, and playing shows you know because like I'm not really a musician kind of guy like I don't really have the attention span and dexterity for an instrument like I got three guitars I play I, I try and come up with some stuff for the band that isn't really usable because I don't I can't really flesh it out all the way but as a performer and, and like as a vocalist that's just where I live like that's always been really natural to me so to see those little things that people do in their performance that always gets me really excited because I I'm still waiting like a couple of people pick up on those little things that I do you know like I had a guy tell me from my old band that the way that I did my shirts when I was on stage inspired him to do his shirts on stage the same oh, way and cool. I was like 
I was like, that's really cool, you know, and that's that's why I like to do this stuff. But let's get back to you guys. How long has Frail been a project for? Um, I think 2018, maybe like right at the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018, we just kind of decided that we wanted to work on a project together. And so we put together the White Witch EP. We recorded four songs and we put it out on Bandcamp with just the hopes that we would be able to make enough money to pay for Bandcamp for like $10 a month. So we thought, well, if we can just cover that, we'll be happy. And then I think the next day we sold something. We're like, yay, but it's somebody we know. Oh, but, <laughs> then, I, but they, yeah, but they didn't know about Frail. Like, okay, it was, it was you. Yeah. But then, yeah, it was like <laughs> a couple of days later, we get a call or an email from Desiree, who ended up being our European record label and then six months later we were playing festivals in europe so it was very fun it's pretty fast yeah very very awesome that uh well i i have to say like i listened to it as well and it's you put work into it before you released it you know there's so many people that put just record a couple songs and then they put put it out and they're like oh well I heard about this person getting this and i did this the, this the same way as them and this the same way as them and it's like well in the end, you didn't really put a concentrated effort into having a polished product before you released it. You just kind of like threw it out there and then threw a bunch of other stuff attached to it. And, you know, when you when you really flesh out a project and plan it all out to release it, there's always going to be something good that comes from it. Yeah, we didn't really have any expectations and no. still don't. I mean, that's what we, we try not to put expectations or what we want done. I was... My old band, Disengage, went through this whole period where we had like a demo deal and all these major labels were after us and blah, blah, blah. And I had all these great hopes and dreams. And, you know, when that doesn't happen, you just get fucking crushed, especially like in your early 20s. You're like, oh, I'm going to make it. And then you don't. And so with this, like having been through that and been through the ringer, I think we just don't really have any expectations. And there's everything that comes we're super excited about. And there's stuff we say no to. It's not like we do every single thing that comes our way. But like we're just really we feel fortunate to you know, just uh, get to do this, I guess. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's the way that I see it too, is uh, never, never be disappointed and, and just always be grateful for everything. Just be grateful for the experience and, and the fact that you get to be a part of it and, and always make it a conscious choice to do it. Never do it because you think that you're going to get something from it or you think you're going to be able to access something because you did something right. You've got to make sure that you're doing it because you want to and not because anybody else's expectations. Absolutely. Um, my friend Lee is also in again. He's asking about personal favorite tracks from the new album. Treacle and Revenge by far is mine. Like I remember you telling me that at the Cradle yeah. of Phil's show. Yeah, that one is my favorite by far. I think followed by all the things I was. But those are, but definitely Treacle and Revenge is by far my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think I like this song, Ipecac. Um, our old bass player, Eric, um, actually wrote the verse riff. And so I really like the what Gwen's melody does over a riff that I didn't write because then I get to kind of like look at it more as a fan. And, you know, uh, so I, I really like her, her verse on that song to me. It's like, Really, there's something that's really soothing about it, I guess. So that's, I dig that a lot. Soothing is a very, very good word to describe Gwyn's vocals, um, especially with the wall of noise behind it. Uh, rest in peace to Eric. He was devoured by Jason's dreadlocks, and that's how Jason became the bassist. 
He was Eric and Pat, our other original drummer. They were devoured by real life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, them dreadlocks will get you, but the, them dreadlocks are taxes and bills. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, the other bands. Your drummer is in another band called Axioma. Um. There. He was. He was. Yeah. No longer. Oh, he actually did. There was a decision that had to be made to stick with. Well, there was like scheduling conflicts, and like it wasn't fair to you know Axioma to wait around and schedule around John. So they, you know, for the next, I think year or two got someone else. I don't think it's for forever, but yeah, um, I think cause John, that's, you know, they're blast beats and John loves blast beats. So um, yeah, he's just on a extended break, I guess from Axioma. Nice. I'm a very big fan of Axioma. They're deadly. Um, I actually got a shirt from, uh, from my, the merch company I work for that I should probably mail to him. It's uh, the Coca-Cola logo, and it's a red tank top, and it says, I love Blast Beats. Oh, <laughs> John would love that, dude. Yeah. You're going to have to send that out to him. Um, what, uh, when, it came to, when it comes to the writing process for Frail, uh, do you listen to some, of the, some new music from bands you enjoy, or do you like shut out all other kinds of music of, of like your genre? We work a little bit differently. So Sean and I work completely separately and we both keep libraries of, of song sketches, riffs and, and lyrics. And then we kind of get together and we figure out which ones we want to look at more in depth. And then um, we'll pick like 30 and all like of his stuff and I'll sing like a a scratch track over it and then we'll go back and we'll look at those and which ones do we want to keep do we want to get rid of any of those do we want to replace any and so that's kind of how it, how that works yeah i mean i go in phases like i'm of what i'm into you know like uh i'm more into post-rock now i think than ever and you know i think amonrod does a really good job of having you know small fender amps and verses and then giant choruses and so I think I'm into that. Like their songs are more like giant paintings and more and less like radio rock. And so I think that that's where I'm kind of at right now. I, I don't think that this record that we just put out is 100% that, but we wrote that almost two years ago. Like yeah. we delivered it a year and a half ago, and then it took vinyl took that long to you know to come out or whatever. So you know that that's you know a, a great representation of where we're at at that time. And I think you know what we're into right now. Like so I guess it's like slow trends uh, or not trends a slow vibes that i'm into I think i'm always into vibes like I, my favorite bands i don't know we went to go see sunny day real estate the other night and i don't i love severely love like three or four of their songs and i don't know the words to them it's just like vibes and like it's my favorite shit since i was in high school but i'm more into like how it makes me feel than somebody telling me exactly what's going on or me trying to interpret their lyrics or whatever i'm kind of all about sound i guess um and I think that's why it's good to work with Gwen because she's a genius when it comes to lyrics. Because if it was me, it would be fucking dumb. <laughs> All pee pee poo poo and dreadlocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's, yep. <laughs> that's, that's what we're working with. <laughs> um, Gwen, how long have you been writing and singing for? Well, so I, I've written poetry since I was a kid. I actually found some of it earlier today when I was cleaning up. And you found all kinds of shit. I did. I did. It was, it was like a, a void. Um, 
the, it's the it, that's the back of the dryer. She found the back <laughs> of the dryer. Lost socks. <laughs> um, but yes, I've been writing that stuff for like a very long time. Um, music is something that's pretty new to me. Like I'd never sung really in a band before. I had this one uh, garage band like a zillion years ago, but it it was. It was like, let's do a couple of songs, and that was it, you know? Um, so the, it's pretty new to me, and Sean basically forced me to um, to sing on this stuff. Like, you would hear me sing in the bathtub, when, you know, at night, and and uh, he started writing music again, and he's like, you have to sing on this stuff. So I'm like, oh. So he had to leave, basically. I really wanted him to leave the house and just leave me alone, but... He did not, but... Uh, I, I live here, too. My stuff is here, Gwyn. I can't just leave. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm used to, like, running the, running the control room yeah. on recording sessions and having singers that, like, you know, can hit it again, do this. And, like, so I just went into it normally like that, and it was, you know, she'd never been in a band before, and we're a couple, so there's a lot of, like, things don't mean the same things yes. when you're talking to a stranger. So I had to go three floors, three floors below. Mm-hmm. And kind of wait at the bottom of the steps and, you know, nervously and then came <laughs> yeah. up and then ended up liking it. And now I just let her go do whatever. I don't have to leave the house now. I just have, I don't, we don't, we're not in the same room together when we write because yeah. it's just better that way. We, it's better for us to come together and just discuss things because we get out of each other's way. Yeah. And we just learn that's better. And I, Yeah. And I think that's why we sound like we do because we don't collaborate per se. We just kind of, you know, here's my part. Here's your part. Yeah, Same goal. With my dumbness. Same goal, but different routes. One Sean's on the back roads riding the gravel, and Gwyn's just in the highway <laughs> and in the limousine, just rolling straight to it. Private jet on the way to the, the Chanel store. I got you. I got you. Like uh, like uh, that Kardashian who jumped in her jet for three minutes just to go get a burger or something. You know, yeah. rolling, rolling it. Horrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I agree. Um. So, like, I I got a picture in my head of just, like, Sean standing in the lobby, just looking at his phone every couple of minutes, and people just being like, Sean, what's going on, man? I thought you were recording. And then somebody comes up and is like, oh, yeah, Gwen must be doing her sessions. That's why you're down here, checking your phone to see <laughs> what <much>. she's done. <laughs> Pretty much. That's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, I, if, are you, is there any plans to come back to Canada? We don't. Nothing, we, like, we don't have anything planned as of right now, we have been told that uh, there's some stuff happening in Q1 and Q2 next year, but we don't know what. It's always a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Our, our manager, Dez, uh, who is the singer of, like, Cole Chamber and Devil Driver, he, he also manages Cradle, so that's how we got on that Cradle. What? Tour, so. That's my biggest vocal influence of all time ever Dez is, is fucking Dez Fafara from fucking yeah. Cole Chamber, 1997 we- fucking... Ozfest, the world was not prepared for fucking new metal. That was the last time a true new genre of fucking hard yeah, music yeah. was created. That floors me. That floors me. A whole new level of respect. Des Fafara is a fucking champion in my eyes. Yeah, he's he's awesome, and he's like a he's a bull in a china shop when it comes to like <laughs> management style, and we love it. And he believes in us and fights for us. And his it's wife amazing. Anastasia, like they work together. Yeah, she's amazing as well yeah. they're, they're really really good people so with him you never know what next week is gonna like the cradle yeah. tour happened <laughs> he texted me he's like bro and then there was a picture of the flyer for the dates and he's like can you do this and then i called him 
And I was like, yeah, let me check with the band. And he's like, no, bro, don't sleep on this. Tell me now. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I like, give me a minute. I, you know, within 30 seconds, I called the guys and called them back. And it's like, yeah, we can do it. And that was like and then two just, weeks later. Yeah, later. <laughs> it was like that. So that's how it works with him. Cause he's like, he has access to the machine, you know? So we, we hear things or, you know, rumble, rumblings of certain things. So, you know, we hope to be back there soon, but we just, you know, we don't have anything concrete. That's the way things go, especially with the last couple of years. The last thing you want to do is announce all these plans 18 months in advance just for something to happen. And then you could have, you could have taken the time to announce it, but no, it was like, oh, we're back on track. Let's, let's get out there and grab the bull by the horns. And all of a sudden you're losing tens of thousands of dollars. You're losing a bunch of dates. Like just because the world decided to flip upside down, right? Yeah, it's still, you know, it's we're easier because we don't have a big overhead when we tour. Uh, so, like, there's a lot of people canceling Europe right now because their normal overhead won't work over there, with, especially with ticket sales are still down because people are nervous about COVID. Pre-sales are down because, you know, fans are nervous things are going to cancel. And without pre-sales, the tours can't, you know, move forward with confidence. But we kind of are at the level where we can skate under that um, and just kind of, it's, it's a little more DIY. You know, I wish we had a sound guy and I wish we had lights because we learned a lot on the trail tour about that, but we just can't. If we put ourselves in that situation, we'd most likely lose money. So we're, we're trying to play it safe right mm-hmm. now. What do you bring with you on the road in terms of a crew? No, nobody. I mean, we usually a merch person, right? The four of us, yeah. yeah. And your merch person was also your social media person on tour as well, right? Well, no, she was taking photos. I gave her okay, my yes. camera. Okay, yes, yeah. And showed her how to do it. And so Lena was, uh, that's Jason's wife. So she was taking really good photos that like, you know, lucky enough, we had cradle light rigs to, to use for our, <laughs> our, the backdrop of our photos. And then Wes, their, their light guy is uh, so good. He also does ginger and does some other bands. And he ran lights for us in a show in Michigan because he actually installed a light rig and he wanted to push it. And it was it looked like a fucking dream. Like, it was crazy. He stole the light rig? <laughs> no, no, he installed it. Oh. There. That, he, does, he does that for a living. He installs light rigs all over the country. So if he plays a venue with his rig, he wants to run it. Because Cradle has a specific thing, but for us, he could do whatever he wanted to. Yeah. So he's like, I'm just going to burn y'all. And so he just turned the lights on. Like, fucking crazy. It was awesome. Very ambient. Very cult. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, the, the DIY... Small crew thing is starting to become more and more prevalent because what's happened, what I've started to see is bands are starting to get their opportunities now from the, the communities they develop and from the people who enjoy what they do, not getting, not necessarily just being handed down to them from executives up top, right? Whereas like 20 years ago, if unless somebody you were in somebody's ear, unless you got that CD to the right person, unless the right person came to your show, it was very, very hard to get your name out there. Whereas now you upload an EP and you get a message from a record label, right? So so that also has bands that don't feel that they need all of this huge expensive stuff to go on this tour. You know, enough room for five people in the van and a trailer pulling the gear and let's fucking go. Yeah, I mean, especially in Europe, you know, we, we have to rent gear over there. And luckily, with the orange endorsement, it's it's way more affordable. But, you know, it's uh, we tra- we travel light in Europe. And in the U.S., we can bring more stuff. Like, we bring a little bit of our own lighting because Jason's really into lighting. He does a great job at it. Um, but, yeah, we try to keep overhead as low as fucking possible because it can go south real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy to get burned in a hurry. Now, 
Have have either of you tried any of Jason's hamburgers that he makes? Oh yeah. Man. Um so I've been harassing the postal service to try and get them to up their technology so I can get one mailed out to me. Uh (laughs) I mapped out I mapped out the trip and it would only be a two day bike ride. So (laughs) trying to plan it out, trying to plan it out. He's so he also works at, at a bar himself to a club in the industry and like that's that's got to be a little bit of a help too being in that local scene right always being on the pulse of what's going on so yeah there's you know cleveland is one of the i hate saying this but it's one of the not best markets in the u.s i mean like a lot of shows that we want to see skip cleveland so cleveland's kind of rough ah hey north american tours usually only consist of vancouver montreal and toronto so there you go so like that you you at least you can still travel a state over and hit a show like it's Dude, our show in Calgary was probably my favorite of that whole tour because it was the energy was bananas at that show and you guys like were just ready to go there was another small town in the US in Colorado that we played that was similar but like the bigger cities like you know everyone went nuts for Cradle but what we could you know dig out of no one ever seeing us before Calgary and uh, what was it Mesa, Colorado? I forget the name of the city. Grand Junction, Grand Junction, Colorado. Fucking bananas. And like the bigger cities were cool, and you know we got a great response all the time. But like you guys went fucking bananas, and I that was my favorite show. Uh, I have to, I I kind of have to credit that to the fact that like it had been a while. Oh, <laughs> look at that! Is that the kitty that you guys rescued? Yeah, we yeah. found her under a truck. Oh, I saw You're the supposed p- to be a headphone jack. so funny thing about that funny thing about that headphone jack it's a cat and we're keeping it (laughs) yeah Yeah, i walked around the corner and saw him first under this pickup truck and i would just instantly i was like oh fuck we're getting a third cat (laughs) and gwen within in under 30 seconds it walked over to her and she's walking back to the car with her in here i'm like i know we're keeping that's why we bought that dude we called animal thing i'm like you're not gonna that's why we bought that cat food that night oh weird (laughs) yeah and she's a she's full personality it's that it's that witchy style it's you gotta have the kitties right they keep the bad juju they keep the bad juju away my fat cat keeps the bad juju away well he is the bad juju especially at 3 30 in the fucking morning when he wants to eat (sighs) rude he's sleeping like a rock he can't even hear me so What's the local scene like where you are other than the fact of like major shows skipping you guys every once in a while? I mean, there's a couple kind of doom stoner bands, you know, that we play with. Um, there's some like electro gothy things that we've, we've played with. Um, but we don't like, we just had our seat record release show here. We, we don't really play Cleveland. I mean, play it once a year. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, you know, it doesn't make sense to play it more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're also a needy band when it comes to stage and lighting and fog. And yeah. our home, you know, the venue that's right down the street from us that I've been playing for 20, 30 years, they can't have fog machines in there because their sprinklers are tied in with, like, the neighboring businesses. And, you you know, we're realizing now how much how much import, how important presentation is. You know, I mean, it's always been important, but when you get out of punk rock bands and you start to, you know, do what we're doing and it's more about, you know, slow and, and vibe and, and, you know, lighting and fog is important. So, and also room on the stage, like when, you know, small stages are like, 
I, I, I whisper and they play loud. It's, it it's hard. The feedback is, yeah. is an issue. And yeah, uh, there was being made by our cat. There was a little bit of that in the palace. I remember when you guys were doing sound check, and yep. that, like listening to the listening to the music, how soft Gwyn's vocals are. Like your vocals are so smooth and so light and airy, but they still punch right through everything. Like that must be. A nightmare to mix, man. Yeah. Small yeah. rooms, yeah. It's it's easier in those bigger rooms. Like the Cradle Tour, We for the most part, we did, I think we did pretty did well. Pretty good, yeah. That. Yeah, but small rooms, we'll get murdered sometimes. And sure. that's why we really would like our own sound guy to, you know, have the same set skill set handling that every night. Because the last time we were in Europe was right after COVID, or it was kind of during COVID, and, and a lot of the house sound guys had left or taken off, so they had new guys, and we got our asses kicked a couple yeah. times. <laughs> My feedback. Gwen, what, what kind of music are you listening to right now? Um, it's kind of a weird period for me, so <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just like ever it's just all less claypool side bands, but not primus. <laughs> okay, that's just me, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I right now it's a lot of um Gregorian chants and <laughs> you sound like my guitarist. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I feel kind of pretentious saying that, but it's like when I, I really like silence, <laughs> you know, I really like having time to just kind of meditate and sit in thought and be able to like quiet my mind and, and stuff like that. So I really, I really enjoy silence when I, uh, have some time and I'm, um, you know, trying to kind of relax is usually when I have time to listen to music, then it's Gregorian chants or some kind of relaxing, like stuff that you would listen to. And while you're having a massage, you know, uh, ambient kind of relaxing stuff. If it's, you know, other than that, I mean, I usually stick to King woman funerals. Oh. <laughs> and cats. Yeah, love that. Those songs. Yeah. Some of that hardcore thrash. It sounds like holy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it comes to listening to music, you can't really put you can't really put a finger on on what triggers those emotions, right? And soundscapes, actually, soundscapes and stuff like that has been something that's been helping my dad heal. You know, when he when he started his process of recovery, he was like, "I can't listen to this stuff. It's aggravating. Why would anybody listen to this?" And now. When I go to my brother's house, um, I'll be sitting there in the morning having a coffee out on the deck, and he'll be in the garage listening to, like, massage parlor music and doing his crafts and bumping around the garage. And it's like, how are you not falling asleep right now? He's like, it just just keeps me going. I'm like, well, that's that's awesome. You know, music is so, it's one of those universal languages, and, and you can't really... You can't really feel pretentious when you're trying to tell somebody the way that you honestly feel about something, you know, like if they, if they get weird about it, well then fine. You just don't tell them about that kind of stuff anymore. They don't get, they don't get to, they don't get to be a part of that conversation anymore. They lose that privilege as I like to say. Um, Sean, what kind of music are you listening to right now? Mm, well, I just went through a sunny day real estate period cause we saw them uh, two nights ago. Uh, that was last about a week. Um, <clears throat> I like this band, Ether Coven. There's like a couple songs. I think they have a new, I don't know if it's a full record. I think it's six songs, but 
they have a couple that I'm really fucking stoked on. Um, I, so my relaxing music is just music that doesn't have a, a whole lot of screaming in it. I, I love the screams and that's what I grew up with. But as, as I get older, I, I think what it is is like I get more internal and I'm more into to vibes of music and less about having my head bashed around. And that's just completely personal, like what I want to get out of songs right now. It also makes it different when you play and think about music most of every day. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I almost, it's almost like you need a break from it. And I think that's why Gwen's, you know, talking about the silence because we, we spend so much time thinking about like our songs and our videos and things like that. So when I listen to stuff, um, like a lot of post-rock shit, this being Glacier, no happy music, they're fucking rad. We played with them at a festival in Indianapolis, post-fest uh, a couple weeks ago. So Glacier's post-rock and really good. Um, but you know, no vocals, so it's just, I can do whatever I want. The, I nice. can take it however I want to take it. So, yeah, a lot of post-rock, no vocal stuff. I really like Amon Ra. I feel like I have all their merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy about that. So, um, I guess that, a lot of post-rock stuff. Hell yeah. Um, your videos. You mentioned your videos. Your videos, you showed me a clip of the Bright Eyes video when you were in Calgary last. And yeah. you said that you guys shoot this stuff yourselves. Yeah, we were actually... We were just doing a makeup and lighting test for the next video. Yeah. Gwen's going to be dead, probably. So oh, very nice. shit out in a car. Oh, That's I'm... Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. I'm going to be dead in our next music video, too, but I can almost guarantee it's not going to be up to the same quality as your guys's. And that's not bashing <laughs> ourselves. That's just saying that we just don't have the experience and the knowledge that, and the technical uh, prowess that you guys do for filming your videos because you've done it for a while, you know? And uh, it, it works, you know, that to have that established image and everything fit together the way you want it, that's full control. You know, you don't have to worry about, oh, man, are we going to be able to find the right director for this? Are we going to be able to find somebody who's able to put what and we that's, want? That's why I learned how to do it in the first place. I started with photography. You know, I, for, I had apparel brands or then when I had my daughter, I was like, I need to learn how to take photos because I can't afford to pay someone to do it. So I, I learned with photography and got okay with lighting and then video is just way harder with lighting. And, you know, it's not just get lucky for a split second. It's like do it for five to 20 seconds at a time, which is really tough. And I still, the best things that I think that we come up with, I stumble on, you know, it's like <laughs> I pre-plan a little bit, but I'm not that good enough to pull that off. But um, we spent a lot of time talking about videos and lighting and all that, all that stuff. What kind of gear do you use? Like what kind of camera do you have? Uh, it's a black magic um, 4k camera. So it's, top it's of the line camera, but what's that top of the line, high end stuff. It's pretty good, yeah, but it's it's affordable. I mean, it's for you can get them now for like I think under a thousand dollars. Oh, I think the expensive one is Red something. Well, Red is yeah. So there's camera brands that make you buy all the accessories, so you could easily spend thirty grand just to get a camera to work if you if you get Red. But Blackmagic is basically the same quality. I like things to look like Stranger Things or look like videos that I got from when there used to be a video store. So I'm not going for super see your nose hairs from hundred yards away. Like I'm more about the lens, like, so I have a really nice camera and a lot of money in lighting, but I use $20 lenses because I don't want it to look perfect and I don't want the focus to be, you know, like a, 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 a science movie about, you know, organisms that are microscopic, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I like shit to look like the 80s or the 90s. Um, so 
I have lenses. So my lenses are radioactive and we have to put it in another room because <laughs> they put this coating on the lenses. Nice. But yeah, so it's shitty, shitty lenses, black magic camera, which shoots really good 4K. And then the software to edit it, Black uh, DaVinci Resolve, handles that black magic 4K footage like butter. Um, it's, it's, really, it, it's really easy to edit it. Um, and then we have a drone that we like to fly around sometimes. Nice. <laughs> that that Sean likes to fly around all the time. <laughs> yeah, I was flying it inside a factory today. It's pretty sweet. Nice. Not getting any footage at all. Just testing her out. <laughs> yeah, no, there's some footage. But then I crash into stuff sometimes. Ooh. <laughs> I just imagine Sean having a room. This So this is where I have my quarter million dollars in film. Please keep all open flames away from the room. <laughs> it, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I have, you know, just as much camera gears like amps and stuff um but it's for the band yeah, i really yeah. don't do much with it outside of it i'm serious you know what i mean like, what else <laughs> do do? like work or, oh, yeah. i'm serious you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it's, it's it's like i it's like i have a store of camera stuff like i go it's on two floors of the house spread out and i go down there, it like, used what to am be I gonna in use today? every room and i was like we need to consolidate this yeah. into one space Maybe get rid of some of it. No, no, <laughs> not the radioactive ones. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly no, because yeah, so th this is cool. So these are these little lights that I brought on the tour with us. And sometimes when the venue doesn't have control over their uh, independent lights, we'll put well, these are magnets and we put them up on like the ceiling to light just Gwen. But these are video lights and they can do like all the different colors. And um, oh, because I know that you probably don't care. So there's, you know, it can do all this stuff. And these have, like, magnets. and. Where whatever. did you get those so, off? Off Amazon or just a no, local these store? these are Aperture, um, probably the best lighting company there is. I think each one's, like, 100 bucks. Sick. I'm going to have um, to look into those. Those are very rad. Yeah, it's Aperture. They're is awesome. great. Yeah. And they're not expensive. For I'm going to have to get a couple for the merch table. Yeah, they're great for merch table because they've got magnets on the back. Yeah. So you can just stick them on stuff. <laughs> Um, He's very impressed with the I'm a construction worker, <laughs> so the magnets get me going too. A good mag is it if it's a good magnet and like because at work I got to use a rare earth magnet to find the studs in the wall to fasten all the materials. So a good magnet for me is like I I always keep an eagle eye on the guys. It's like you can't don't touch it if you want to use it. You got to fucking put it back. Okay, so you go get your own. Right there. It rare. <laughs> it's rare earth, Gwyn. Rare earth. It means it's. Mine. <laughs> totally feel you, Sean. It's okay. She doesn't have to understand what we got going on here. <laughs> um, those clever things. Those clever things, you know, that's... And that's not super expensive stuff to try and... Well, two rooms full of camera lenses that are radioactive and a quarter million dollars in film <laughs> might get, get a little... The quarter million thing is not happening. <laughs> there's, there's, maybe, there's maybe six, seven grand. Stuff. You can. I'm gonna say ten. You think? Oh yeah. And and you can you can get film grain as a filter and DaVinci Resolve, and it's killer. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Twenty four frames per section per seconds is the secret. I shoot at sixty or seventy five, and then speed it up almost to real so that it feels real dreamy. That's another trick. When you shoot videos, speed your music up, and shoot sixty frames per second. And then it's, it feels like you're playing too fast, but when you slow that down to the real tempo of the song, you're, it's more dreamy. Like oh. that's the trick to our videos is everything slow motion makes you look way fucking better than you actually are. 
It's well for me. It would probably make me look a lot worse because then people would have a chance to take it in. They'd be like, "Is he <laughs> three teeth? Is a lot of teeth to be missing, man? Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> so good. Awesome, awesome. Uh, the performances—they blow me away. Like I remember when I first, because I didn't see, I, I didn't the 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 Cradle of Phil situation fell on our laps too. Uh, the promoter was who wants to open for for a show and i thought it was for a show that was happening like months in advance there was no way i thought it was going to be cradle of filth i was like this is like six weeks away there's no way this is going to happen so they dropped it on us and it was the same thing like you have to say yes right now and luckily i already put that forward with the band like hey i got just so you know if i'm getting a choice i'm going to say yes for all of us and they're cool with it but uh, I didn't see it. Just seeing the name on there, I was like, I haven't heard of this band before. And then when I was checking out all the numbers and everything, I was like, this is a new band. I got really, really excited about it. And then to see, like, the pictures and the videos, and it's like all the work that goes into this, there's got to be some sort of, like, large investment behind this. And then to find out you did it on your own, like, that's a huge, huge inspiration for me. And I've, I've been waiting. I was waiting to ask to have this interview with you guys because I've, I've had this show for a couple of years now. And a bunch of my friends were like, did you do any trash talk stuff at the show? I was like, no, no. I was there to work in the band, not to do any sort of like press promo stuff. Not at all. But I was like, I wonder when I can ask them for an interview. <laughs> and then I saw the other show you did. And I was like, well, now's the perfect chance to do that. That's really the perfect chance. Now, the DIY stuff... It takes up a lot of time. It takes up a lot of space. Where did your inspiration for the DIY come from? Uh, just because, Necessity. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't afford to have someone else do it. And yeah. also the control. I mean, like, you know, Gwen is, her contract is very detailed about <laughs> light fixtures and light modifiers and seven-foot soft boxes and all this stuff. So I'm a needy bitch. Yeah. Who else would work with her? Me. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just because you know, we can't afford it, and then we have control over it. And like when we you know, record and master and mix everything ourselves too, uh, all of our music, and that is c a control thing. Like you know, Gwen's never had to go to a studio and bang her vocals out in two days. You know, she's got seven months if she wants to do a word here, and then scrap it all, and Which then happened. Which yeah. has happened. Yeah. yeah, we scrap a lot of video shoots. I I could imagine that that's the that's a tough one. Like you said, with like lighting and and proper framing and setting and stuff, I can imagine that's really tough to get what you to get entirely a hundred percent what you want. And we, I was inspired by you guys shooting all your own stuff, and I got a camera, and my band shot our first music video all by ourselves too. But we can get away with like crappy stuff because we're like that kind of band, right? That that uh, that grimy stuff kind of has a good feel for us, but. Uh, the technicality that goes into it and everything, like, it takes a lot of inspiration to put something out, to be like, this is good. I think we can really, I think this can go out. And it's only, it's only like a five and a half minute video, you know, and so much work goes into it. So much rethought and revamping and Dude, bright eyes like that. We shot that in Salem, Massachusetts, New York, New York, well, Brooklyn, and then also Cleveland, so that's three separate shoots. Three, like, it, it was just so much. It, it took like two months or something like that mm -hmm. to, to shoot that video. Like, it was a long fucking time. And so, 
now we know what's possible with how much work you put in. So everything we do now, like it ends up being that much work because we can't just throw up a camera because we know that what's we're, we're capable of a certain level of. And, and I think we expect it of ourselves and, and I think it's also expected of us that we don't just phone it in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, if I, I could imagine if Gwyn started wearing the same stuff, every single show that it would get called <laughs> out pretty quick. <laughs> I don't think that that would be possible. First of all, when the outfit goes back into the closet, it doesn't come back out for a couple of years. That's not Gwen's choice. Okay. Those are just rules that she has to follow, not rules that she's established. Yeah. It, I, it's, I, was, I thought that was amazing. I was like, just wear the, the same one. And you're like, I, I can't find it. <laughs> Sean, talk to you. Sean, I can't, I honestly don't know where it is. <laughs> I can find 65 more, but not that one. <laughs> yeah, her closet's as big as our recording studio. Don't don't speak too loud. They'll hear you. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you again so much for doing this. Let's bring this right around full circle. If there's anything that you think that we forgot to talk about or any shout-outs you want to throw out there, now's your chance. The floor is yours. Well, I would say a huge thank you to our labels, Laybear Recording in Europe and Aqualam in North America. Um, they've been insanely supportive through all of this. And like with vinyl taking so long, we had like an extra long PR period that, you know, isn't cheap. And th they, our labels are right there to support us. And also the, our PR people are fucking rad. Um, and Des... Anastasia. The Oracle. Like, that guy, that guy, he's good. just been, I, I've never even, I, I saw him perform once live uh, in 2006. He was here with Behemoth and Dimu Borger, Devil Driver, just released Last Kind Words. And I had just got my teeth knocked out and I was in the pit with a mouth guard. And like, that's the only, I, that's the closest I've ever been to Dez, but he's been such a huge part of my life. And being involved in heavy music and extreme music. And like to know, just even to know I'm talking to somebody, to people who are like represented by, by him is just like, that's a huge mark for me. I, I, t I count that as a huge achievement. And even. Man, he would, he would be stoked to hear yeah, all this. Thing. He's, sure. he's, yeah, he's, he's fucking rad. And he's, he's he, magical. Yeah, he's, he's pretty awesome. I've had cold chamber patches on my vest since I was a teenager. For at least 16 years, I've had a, the same cold chamber patch on my vest. And it's... Yeah. Big truck. It, it, yeah, oh, man. Loco was, Loco was my theme song because I was, <laughs> I was a crazy jackass as a kid. That's why it fits so well as a front man, you know? <laughs> he's, he's awesome. So, yeah, big thank you to, to Des and Anastasia. And to everybody who came out, you know, oh, to yeah. see us, like... We really appreciate it. I mean, we just had, like Sean said, the we had the record release on Saturday, and uh, Saturday ha also happened to be Nine Inch Nails Mashuga. Ministry. Fridays you are the worst. Fridays are the you worst. You couldn't pick yeah. a worse day. And then the Melvins played the next night at yeah. the club. That we Wednesdays, Wednesdays, are the Mondays. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, we gotta start thinking about. It. We got, but still, the turnout was pretty good. Yeah. But, like you know. For us, like, shows like the Cradle Tour where, or in the post-fest that we just did in Indiana where nobody knows us, and then we have a merch line and people are taking photos with Gwen and, and autographs. That, to me, is incredible that, you know, we're connecting with new people, and that night they, they want to, you know, spend money on something that we made. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 
it's it's so because you're so honest. It's because you're so honest and one hundred percent doing what's true to you guys and nobody else. That's that's the big connection, is that you're not letting anybody else determine what you are giving out. You know, you are listening directly to yourselves and the people that you relate to and giving them what they want 100%. And it, it's cheesy as hell, but Steve Jobs said it themselves, you know, how do people know what they want unless you give it to them, right? And that's the thing. You got to be really honest and you have to be 100% true to form all the time or else they'll sniff it out and they'll get bored with it and they'll move on to the next. And I 100 when I saw the metal injection article and everything, I was not surprised at all like all of this as soon as i found or found out about you guys i was like this band is going to be fucking huge they're going to be massive the sound is unique it's new they have the image to go with it they're all 100 percent touring ready not just touring ready but ready to go with a band that has a 35 year history of like well 30 year history of like real heavy duty music making you know like spanning a genre Cradle of Filth's catalog is fucking immense. And, like, Danny Filth created fucking words. You know, like, he made up his own fucking words. Dude, that dude, watching him every night go 90 minutes hard every night and being on every night, like, that dude is one of the most impressive musical feats I've ever seen is him go every single night for 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. I, I remember... Uh, one of my buddies was sort of asking me about it. Uh, he's like, did you talk to Danny Filth? I was like, no, man. Like, we were there to work. He was there to work. Like, there was like a paid meet and greet. Like, I'm not going to go up and be like, hey, man, you know, I'm a really... Like, I, I stopped him for a sec. I was like, that sound check was awesome. Cheers, buddy. And then I turned around and we went up to our green room. And, and they're like, well, you did not even talk to him for a second. I'm like, think about this, buddy. Do you want some random temp worker coming up to you on the job site asking you about your fucking tools, asking how you're going to, when you know that he's not going to fucking be there tomorrow, why would he waste his fucking time with me? Like, he's got 60 other fucking dates and 60 other fucking new bands, everybody that thinks they're the fucking greatest. So, like, no, I'm not going to go up and talk to the fucking chief at the show about what? Hey, man. That one song out one time was really awesome. Bye-bye. <laughs> check out my band, please, even though you're probably exhausted and getting ready for your own job. Please check out my band. Like, come on. How tacky is that? Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, because you want to you wanna talk to them because, you know, you, you'd like to have an exchange. But I, I feel you on that because you don't want to have a meaningless exchange because otherwise, you know, then it's like, what the, what's the point? You know, but you feel like, oh, if I could just get five minutes of his attention, we would connect and bond and and that usually is the case, um, but yeah, it's really hard to just walk up and make small talk because it's like, yes, you know, what, why? why? And exactly. I mean, they're busy and they're tired, and you know, they've spent the last probably two months on a fucking bus. They've know, been like, doing this for thirty years. They, yeah, they're da- and is, this is the hardest thing to tell people who like have never done the big shows is like those bands don't fucking care about you, and and. Because no, you tell they, them they that. they care immensely about their fans. You know, yes, like, but what, not about the, they, the openers. It's just, and, it's, oh, the opener. Well, no, I think, I don't think that's... I think, I think I Cradle think, is super into opening yeah. this. Yeah. Well, obviously, um, or else they wouldn't have had so many on this last tour. But what I mean when I say that is that, like, 
you don't get a red carpet rolled out for you just because you're the opening band that night. You know, you might think in your community that they're going to roll the red carpet out for you because you're getting that high shot out of your community, but you're still the lowest one on the post when you get there. So you got to kind of like act like an ornament and just stay out of the way. Right. That, yeah. You, you want to stay out of the way, but yeah, they, they, they cradle for sure. Cared. Like Danny, I caught him several times out filming openers. Yeah. Like filming locals on his phone. Cause he wanted to remember it. So nice. he's like, he's into it now. And they're not always like that. Some dudes are fucking dicks, but it's true. Cradle, and Danny filth is not, he's, he's a dick. And like a lot of them, I've seen a lot of media stuff about him being a dick, but honestly, I've never heard of any interactions of like fan to him or like even the experience at the show. There was no like, this guy is just working his ass off to fucking do what he loves. And like those pants and those boots he was wearing before the show were fucking deadly. I was like, I gotta get <laughs> they me. They smelled deadly. <laughs> oh, oh man. Those guys, their stage clothes were fucking rough. <laughs> Don't wash those. Mean, how could it? How could it not be? Right? Yeah. Like you're. They move around. They do a lot of stuff. Ninety minutes. You know, Ninety minutes. And you're going it. hard. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, uh, how would it not? Yeah. Exactly. I remember uh, when we first showed up right before soundcheck. Merrick came around from the bus and he stopped and he chatted with us and uh, he shared one of my posts that I was doing to promote the show. And I'm, I'm sorry if I bugged you guys with all the tags and stuff for promo. I'm a heavy duty promo hound when it comes to anything to do with like my projects. But Merrick stopped and he said hi and shook our hands and stuff. And then he was like, we were chatting. And then he's like, kind of like motion towards the door. And he's like, eh? I was like, yeah, yeah, go do your thing, man. I know you're probably getting ready and everything. He's like, all right. And then he kind of just dipped out of there. I was like, that's that guy is fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, Abstract is awesome, man. We our last our last show in the Cradle Tour, they pranked us and like they brought a bunch of balloons and shit. We had no idea. And Danny was on with like a hood, you know, because he didn't want to do his makeup reveal. And so he's dancing around, fucking with us. And they took apart John's drum set, so all he, all he was left with was like a <laughs> kick and a snare by the last song. And, like, it was just fucking crazy. So then we had to get him back. So we all dressed up like Ashok and painted our face white and did pinhead shit. <laughs> we grabbed a curtain off the back window and tied it around John. And we took their guitars and <laughs> ran on stage and, like, air guitar and all Ashok's moved. It was, it, was, it was a good time. But he's rad. Like, him and the drummer and Zoe, the, the keyboard player, we, we talk to all the time still on social. So awesome. So awesome. I feel like we could keep talking for hours, but I know that we cannot – so thank you guys so much for doing this with me. I really, really appreciate it. I know that you're, you're, I know that you guys are busy, you know, and just to know that you take the time to talk to somebody who's just doing this for fun and hopefully trying to promote the scene and hopefully like building something. I really, really deeply appreciate it. It, uh, well, you, well, you, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And you, you know, meeting you on the tour. I, I remember. <laughs> Hi, boys. I remember you like you you stood out as being someone who's very passionate and and trying to get his own thing going without being annoying. So good yeah. job. And that's I I researched it. I researched it. <laughs> you can tell. Yeah. It turns you out the right book. The secret is books, man. The secret is books. It's not just reading articles and blogs. It's actually digging into a book and getting that because it's like a conversation. It's like getting a conversation from a professional, you know and. I made the choice that this is something that is truly what I what I'm really gonna do for the rest of my life, and like I I don't, I, it's scary, it's scary, but I, every day there's always something that happens that keeps me doing it, you know. And 
being in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, like I said, we very rarely get the big bands that come out here, but you know, there's still a couple of us out here that are working really hard to do it, that are working really hard to keep it going because we know that there's something there. There's something important and to do this and to, to get larger bands and to always be stepping it up. It, it reinforces the dream I have in my mind of one day having a band come up to me and be like, we heard that you're the guy who can help us get out there. And then, showing people a band and having that band get that boost from being on the show. That's the big, that's the big goal is to be able to get bands a good jumping point, you know, so that a band doesn't play a show and feel totally crushed by it because nobody cares about their music. Nobody wants to, to tell them how to buy merch. Nobody wants to fucking uh, book them for another show, you know, and I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I, you guys being on the shows are, are, is a big part of that. And, um, I got to ask you if you could do me a favor and please tell Dez how much I absolutely fucking adore him. I already got, I already got a plan for you, Nate. <laughs> oh my God. My heart just stopped. <laughs> my heart just stopped for a second. Um, again, thank you so much for doing this. I hope to talk to you soon and I'm going to be pumping skin and sorrow nonstop. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for what you do. We appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Everybody, thank you for joining us uh, from Nate Trash, from Sean and Gwen. This has been another episode of Trash Talk. We'll see you on Monday. Cheers, guys.